Hello everyone, welcome to the Genesis Home Podcast, where we talk to experts in real estate, finance, business, community, and beyond, covering topics that are important to us. Let's listen in. Hi everyone, this is Rita, the Genesis Home Podcast, and this is actually a very special episode. I will be answering your questions. Some of you have emailed me questions or, you know, DM'd me or just through Twitter. And this will be a very special episode because there are no guests. It's just me and your questions. All right. So let's get started. Question number one is, what is the Genesis home? The Genesis home started around 2018. And it was an idea to bring together people from essentially all walks of business life. So you have HR, you have real estate, um, finance, and they come together and they form a community and a network. And it's designed to help people who want to get started in real estate but don't know how to quite do it or want to build a business and they need the support. It started when I got my license as a real estate agent and I didn't really like the fact that there wasn't a strong support system for not just me but for the clients as well. And your average agent will probably have like the lender or you know a really good contractor things like that and that's great. But I felt like real estate is beyond that, that there's a ripple effect. So we look at the whole person, the whole client or the whole individual, as opposed to just this one thing of buying or selling a home. So if they're interested in starting an at-home business, we have people that will help them with that. But also along the same lines of, you know, being a first-time home buyer, being a first-time home seller things like that. So it covers both real estate and business at the same time with a network of amazing people that all really get it. Over time, obviously, it grew. grew, And now we have the podcast where you get to meet some of those people. You know, you get to meet artists and other podcasters and you get to, you know, learn more behind the scenes of their industries. And it's just really exciting. Okay, I hope that helps. This question we got a lot is, what is a rent-to-own? You see them on Instagram a lot. You see people talk about, hey, I made a deal with this landlord and instead of me paying money down, and instead of paying money down, we made a rental agreement and we paid that. A rent-to-own is is essentially what it is, and it's not a scam. How rent to own really works is this. You won't you as the tenant or you have a dream of owning a house but you quite don't have either the down payment, or you don't have the credit score yet or there's little things that you're missing starting out. So you found a seller, someone who's willing to sell their home and they they like your growth. So they'll negotiate. And what they'll do is they'll rent the, the house or the co-op or the condo to you for a certain period of time, let's say two years. That rent money will probably either go towards their mortgage 
or towards a towards your down payment or towards you know something that will cover maybe your deposit fees it really does depend but then it's not a scam plenty of people have benefited from it it's just down to the agreement that you have and you can't have a traditional rental agreement because it's not a traditional rental you will have was similar to what would be a car when you lease a car and then at the end of the 24 months they ask you if you want to buy for a rent to own it's roughly the same system you rent out this two-family home you put money you rent off like a regular rent apartment and then after a period of time they decide do you want the house or don't you want it and if you do then you would have around that same time starting the process to get a mortgage and you would just let the lender know that I had a rent to own agreement next thing what makes it a scam is the agreements please make sure that you know what you're signing and you can always check with an attorney or a real estate special someone who specializes in rent in the rent to own market to see if you're getting a good deal because once again they're not bad ideas it's not a bad concept it's just how it's managed do I support rent to owns yes I do because everyone's journey is different so to say that this first property you're earning your spot but you're also building confidence knowing that you can actually be a homeowner as a owner of a home that seller is comforting to know that they're selling to someone who really wanted this and just was a little rough around the edges in forms of the standard requirements. But no, it's not a scam. What is your, <laughs> what's your opinion on HOAs? Anything involving an HOA, there's a good side and there's a bad side. HOA is also another way of saying maintenance fees if you live in, you know, New York City or LA. And what an HOA essentially is, or maintenance fees, is this is what I'm contributing in exchange for, it might be security, it might be maintenance, it might be, you know, how certain properties are managed. HOAs are not bad. It's just similar to rent to own. You have to really read the fine print. The problem with the HOAs, what we're seeing now on TikTok and Instagram, is the fact that they're using HOAs as an excuse to harass. That's not what it's designed for. It's designed that I'm a homeowner, but I can't take care of everything. So I am tr- contributing to a to a lot, just like my neighbor and everyone else, to maintain the outside of my home, which is possible to... Outside of my home, any repairs, security, you know, legal protections, just in case something happens. HOAs are not bad. What what it is, is the manipulation of the HOA is what people are up in arms about. There are some great companies that are HOA or property management companies that are HOA. And there's some that are a little bit of a complicated situation. But they're not bad. 
it's just make sure you read what comes with an HOA. So when you purchase a home or you're selling a home, even, let's start with purchasing a home. You should look at both sides when you look at an HOA or maintenance fee rules agreement. Because some HOAs, they require a fee before you sell. Not all of them do. Some HOAs have a transfer agreement. There's so many things that are attached to an HOA. But if you're starting out, an HOA is not a bad idea. It gives you a sense of stability. There's people there. If you need certain things, there's an available. You need certain things like maybe an electrician or plumber, depending on those contracts or agreements. You can do really awesome things with an HOA. Once again, it's down to what you read and what your rights are. You don't have the right to be harassed on your property, no matter what anyone says. And rule of thumb and nothing against TikTok or Instagram or Twitter. If anyone tells you that I'm the eight, if they say they're the HOA president, even the HOA president or an HOA board men- member or the daughter of an HOA president, they still have to observe the laws and it, they're not allowed to be on your property unless you ask them. They're kind of like vampires. It's not... It's nothing to be abused. It was designed to be a contributing factor into maintaining the development. I hope that helps. But am I anti-HOA? I'm not anti-HOA. Everything has a plus or a minus to it. HOAs are great if you're starting out and once again you're trying to figure things out or you're retiring and you don't want all that maintenance. Okay, because some HOAs, some, you know, 55 or over communities, they have an HOA. And that HOA can actually cover their repair bills. It can cover lawn maintenance. It can cover, once again, security. uh, Any changes in structure. So it really is down to what you're looking for. Now, if you're you're a traveler, HOA might also work too because you have someone watching your kind of having your back when you're not around it really is down to what you want and what works for you I hope that helps okay what's your next question (laughs) what is the one thing you wish people would stop underestimating or undervalued real estate edition or business edition I'm gonna do real estate first we have to stop sitting on trailer parks we make fun of them call people trailer park trash i never like that phrase i know some people think it's a joke i don't particularly find it funny but we really have to stop sitting on trailer parks and the reason why we really have to stop sitting on them and stop like stop like underestimating them is because they actually do serve a purpose not everyone wants to be a homeowner but everyone wants their own space The great thing about a trailer park is that it's simple. You pay for a lot fee, depending on the agreement, you pay for a lot fee, and usually that lot fee is an HOA, and you keep it really simple. It really is down to how they take care of that, you know, trailer park or RV park or whatever, and also down to the agreement. But I don't hate trailer parks. I know I'm a city kid, and I know a lot of my friends are city kids, but I don't hate them. And I don't hate them because there's some really awesome trailer parks that a lot of great people came out of. And they're also great investment because there's a flexibility behind it. If you bought the land, 
let's there's a there's a there's a, uh, it's a thing called a lease back it's not commonly discussed but it does exist and how a lease back works is this you buy land it can be anywhere in the country let's say utah as an example you buy land in salt lake city utah or in the outskirts of salt lake city you take that land you divide up into plots or parcels and you lease those parcels back to you know a double wide or an owner of the, he purchases his you know trailer his double wide or single wide or whatever for about let's play it safe fifteen thousand dollars so he pays it off fifteen thousand dollars his parcel agreement is for six fifty he can really do once it's it's akin to and he still gets his water he gets his gas he gets his electric he's living his life the landowner makes money the guy who purchased the double wide is is fine and copacetic trailer parks are not bad it's the maintenance behind trailer parks that people tend to neglect but they're not bad so if I had to pick something that's undervalued or underestimated, I'm going to say trailer parks. Trailer parks, and I'm actually going to throw in container homes. We had a podcast, we had an interview with um, Katina. I'll put the link on that below. And she specializes in container homes. And she specializes in container homes for people who are largely low income or, you know, are not considered the average income of that country or the city or whether whatever and they become homeowners through the, her process and it's awesome how it's done but once again you can buy the land rent a lot and have a and have that container home on the on the parcel of land these are things that we tend to sit on as people who live here in the United States. We underestimate these things. We make fun of them. But they're doing well and they're very successful. Campgrounds. You can pay a monthly fee for campgrounds. And they can stay there depending on how that works. There's a monthly deal. Or daily. Depends. You never under... The things you make fun of are the things that often people tend to need. Or they have a longer real estate history than your traditional buildings. Because not everyone wants to live in an apartment. Not everyone wants to live in a house. And if we're learning anything from alternative real estate, more and more people are interested in that. So this is also great when you want to get your real estate license or you're interested in purchasing property. It may not be a house. And that's okay. It doesn't have to be a pro- house. When they, when people say property, people often assume a home or a building. No. It can be land. It can be a container home, which is a structure. But that can be commercial or residential or a multi-unit, which is commercial. It can be whatever you want it to be. There are people who own strips of... They have like private airspace. That's, that's, that's real estate. Someone actually owns that. 
So I would say people need to stop underestimating or undervaluing properties that involve things like that. You know, never underestimate trailer parks. And and trailer park trash, no offense, I don't like using that phrase. I found it's kind of disrespectful. I know a lot of great people that came out of trailer parks and they are incredibly savvy with their finances. They understand the importance of space. They're incredibly creative. So be open-minded. Okay, here's a good one. Why are you so committed to entrepreneurs with an established business to add real estate as part of their service or skill set? That is a great question. And it's going to tie into my undervalued business part. Everything is real estate or estates from McDonald's to where you park your car. I believe that if you have real estate as an extension of your business, even if you bought the building your restaurants in, that's a real estate extension. Because not only are you a restaurateur, you are a real estate investor. Let me give you a beautiful example. So, I'm a huge fan of Kitchen Nightmares, so this is not a plug for Gordon Ramsay, but I am. And he often asks how much people put into their business. And it's usually like knocking on six figures or mid to high six figures. And he asks, do you, do you own the building? And they often say no. He says, no, we don't own the building. We put almost a million five into renovations and everything. He says, but you don't own the building, but you're leasing to... So basically what he's saying is you're not making money off of this renovation. And they're saying, no. He's not saying it that way, but that's really what's happening. When you own a building, and let's just say, and I'm not wishing this on anybody, let's just say this changes in your business. You know, you want to scale down your, your salon. You, or you want to, you know, do more catering, less full-time restaurateur. You can take that building and rent it out. Or you can take that building and sell it. The reason why, you know, people like Restaurant Impossible or Kitchen Nightmares or, you know, even the average average agent who sells a house asks, do you own it? That's the reason why. They want to know how much autonomy you have with this unit. Most of the time it's no. When someone's a restaurateur, they don't own the building. When someone runs a salon, they don't, none of them do not own that building. The reason why I'm so passionate about that is because they should own the building. They provide a service, but they shouldn't see where their, how their money can grow. And also, I'm not a restaurateur. I'm not a hairstylist. 
So I don't understand how that network works or how that industry works. I would, if someone was interested in becoming a, you know, started to build her own salon, I don't know what to look for. I mean, I do know what to look for because I've done the research, but which one's better? The professional salon artist, the hairstylist, or the the agent has to do like two years worth of research or two months worth of research just to know what you're talking about. The people within your industry are always going to understand what you're looking for. The people in the industry are going to teach you how to maintain that. So by adding real estate as an extension of your business, you're essentially growing your business in another direction that can generate new clients, that can change how the culture of your industry is running, and can generate a new revenue stream for you. Because at the end of the day, it's you're still a business. So you're always going to try to find ways to reinvent that. I'm just suggesting adding real estate because of the flexibility, because of the freedom it provides, because of the education and resources that it also has, that why not? Why can't you be a student and a, re- and a real estate agent? Trust me, students come home. Students go home and they come back to the dorms. A lot of them don't want to stay in the dorms. You have a market right there from Columbia University and you understand what they're looking for because you know full-blown well, most of them are running on student loans or parents' help or two jobs. I'm in my 30s. A lot of people my age, either they're going back to school but they're going back to school part-time. You're going to understand that culture. So that's why I'm so adamant about it. You're going to get that industry. Also... I've worked with real estate agents that are, and I still can't get past it because it's still my favorite, that are opera singers, that are yoga specialists, that are virtual assistants, and they use their real estate license to also be transaction specialists, that, you know, and you should see it on YouTube. There are people who have their real estate licenses and... You know, all they do for a living is videography for real estate and they use their license because they use that as probably probably part of the referral agreement or they make money off the videos. You, you're never limited. The only limitations you have is the ones you give yourself. So I really do encourage people to look at their license or look at those opportunities in real estate and look at it from more of a broader spectrum and less one track minded because you would be surprised what you can bump into with that simple piece of paper and a little creativity I hope that helps alright I got one last question and then if you guys want to do this again we can always do it just send me more questions alright so here's my next question my last question actually why (laughs) real estate I'm a New Yorker and I'm also depending on who you talk to about fourth generation New Yorker on my mom's side third generation New Yorker on 
my father's side. And the one thing I, I always found really cool is how, especially in the Bronx, how people used homes, people from different countries, didn't never looked at a house as a house. They looked at a house as a foundation, something to build on. And how that had a ripple effect for the neighborhood or for the borough or for the city. And I wanted to be part of something that had, that was attached to that ripple effect from the beginning. Knowing that that first apartment after you graduated high school or after you graduated college can provide you some temporary stability as you figure things out and you're not overwhelmed with too much maintenance. Or you're a third generation American and you're inheriting property but you're not ready to be a full homeowner yet, but you want to keep the property so you become like the landlord. It's these little things that shape a community. And if, and as real estate agents, we view ourselves as, as advocates for the community. We're, we're in a perfect position. We're public enough that people understand where we're coming from, but we're private enough that we're part of the community that we understand that culture and what that means so when people say a house is not (laughs) no offense but a chair is not just a chair in this case but a house is not just a house not for the neighborhood surrounding it that house can be because of like the property taxes that come with it because of the people that are living there can actually invest in a small business or a bodega down the block, which is what we call our corner store here. So everything has a ripple effect. I just like, I just, I find real estate as my place in that ripple effect. That knowing that what I do can help the restaurant down the block because now they got new customers or this might empower or inspire somebody to say this is my first home and I don't know what to do I I like this concept and I want to buy another house but I want to keep my house so this might empower them to become more investor based these are the things that are important to me and when I talk to you know other entrepreneurs they have the same running same running idea what can we do to help better our community or other businesses or things like that. Especially when it comes to the arts, it's all connected. There's no such thing as one thing. One thing translates. If someone doesn't, if I don't do my job right, it impacts others. Because it delays things. But everything has a ripple effect. Another thing that's important to know is that you matter. That your money matters. That your growth matters. And buying that first home for a lot of people or buying that first building with their their business license as they start, I don't know, their first boutique is a huge deal. And I love being a part of that. I love when they get their keys and say, this is mine. I own it. So for me, that's what I love. And that's why I got into real estate. And that's the best way I can explain it. I got into real estate because I love the ripple effect. 
I love if you nurture something correctly and you nurture it with your whole heart and you're passionate about it, great things can happen. And you meet amazing people in this industry. You know, people that really shape your life and you're inspired. So for me, real estate was never going to be just about real estate. For me, real estate was about the people and how to help or how to be a contributing factor to their growth. I'm behind the scenes. You guys are the star of the show. That's why I got my license. That's my big why, as everyone says. So I'm this is this was great. I hope that helps and I would love to meet you all. I'm still getting questions. So if you guys want me to do this again next week, I will. So keep asking questions. Keep sending me questions. I'm open to learning. You know, I'm opening to I'm open to answer questions for you. It could be anything about being in business. It can be about, you know, studying what to look for things like that well this was a good start it was nice to meet you all thank you for your emails and your support and I hope this is a great way to you guys to meet me as the host and as the founder and everyone have a great day